This episode of the Feel for the Game podcast is brought to you by 19.9. Visit 19.9.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your college apparel needs, including some of the softest shirts you can buy, and now they even have college retro shorts with pockets. A great find for all you coaches out there. So visit 19.9.com and get geared up. In this podcast, we talk to Mark Hart, head basketball coach at Patriot High School in California. Coach also runs the Basketpedia podcast as part of a system basketball company. Let's get to the podcast. Coach Mark Hart, Basketpedia podcast, system basketball. Welcome to the Feel for the Game podcast, man. Appreciate you being on. I appreciate you having me, Coach. Love what you're doing with all the things that you've been doing during COVID and sharing the game and getting the knowledge out to everybody. Kind of, kind of, kind of parallel with the things that we're doing. So it's it, it's fun to be on. It's a little different being on the other side of this. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and same thing with you. And and just like love the idea of guys growing the game and and kind of connecting and. And obviously, you've got a wealth of information, not only from your own experiences, but also now from the people that you've had on and in your different platforms. Talk to us about uh, Basketpedia, kind of the evolution of it and, and maybe how it started and, and um, what kind of your goals are with that. Well, the original was uh, the, the podcast part of it was system basketball, and that's kind of niche towards the system, uh, like Grinnell and LMU style. Um, have to give a shout out to a buddy of mine. Um, named Chris Holmes. Um, I'm known as a kind of like the basketball nerd, basketball analytic guy in my area. So people kind of like send me an email saying, hey, do you got this or do you got that? Um, And it kind of goes back to when I had my blog, uh, coachmarkhart.blogspot, back with the Scott Peterman days when I was writing content for him, doing like a daily dribble drive thing or a drill or a play back to Blogspot. So you, that, that tells you, I don't even know if anyone really uses Blogspot anymore. It's still, <laughs> and it's still out there online, but you can't get the, get the diagrams. But he goes one day, I, I send him, he goes, you got, you got the 21 or the pistol still? I'm all, oh, the Mike D'Antonio stuff? Yeah, sure. Let me get on my, get on my computer. And I have a pretty good big cloud assessment of files because I'm just a basketball like I said, nerd and just study it so much. And so he just kind of said, man, you're a basket, you're like Basketpedia. And so I was, I was, I was about 12 episodes in on my podcast and started going, well, there's only so many system people I can interview. And I want to be able to share and talk about different, different systems, if you will, like more blocker or, flex if you will mm-hmm. it's in my eyes those are those are their own versions of systems um so I'm like kicking it around and i'm like oh the basketpedia podcast i'm like so i guess i could end up being known as uh, i guess this is a little ego-ish but um the encyclopedia of basketball if you will but um, yeah. <laughs> i think i think it kind of catches on and and I, I launched it out there and people are going I get questions on what, what it is, like, what's, what's that name? So, um, and it's growing and I'm just like the month of August, we've, we've doubled the amount of listenership um, and the interest of people. I mean, you're starting off kind of new with this and you're, and you're trying to find guys. And at first you're trying and you're like interviewing your buddies or people, you know, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and helping them out. And now you're getting, Twitter DMs and, and people going, yep. Hey, you do a podcast. Can you, can you come on? So it's yeah. kind of, you know, you know, your words getting out there a little bit. I mean, we're not huge. We're not calling cowherd or anything like that. Or <laughs> but, not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> but, I mean, heck, I mean, I love talking hoop. Um, I'm having fun with it. I mean, if I can turn this into a way where I'm not doing my normal job nine to five and I get to share basketball and coach my team in the evening. That's, that's great. I mean, Heck so yeah. that's the story that's I'm at. That okay. was a long winded answer. So. No, uh, you're good. So, um, and this is interesting cause I'm starting to, to be a little more self-aware now that we get into our, our own teams and our own practices and that type of thing, we can start working out with our guys now. Um, and hosting and talking to different coaches and different things. 
I feel like that has already made me a better coach and, and brought clarity to some things. Do you find that kind of the same thing for you? Yeah, I mean, I've always been an X's and O's guy. So with my system basketball clinics, it was, okay, I'm getting these people. And then it got to a point, much like yourself probably, where it got selfish, where mm -hmm. I'm hosting them. Now I want to find people on subjects that I think can help me grow yep. and yep. ideas that. So I started going out and going, okay, this month, I'm going to try to find skill development guys. And then I found like one, I went off the beat and I, she was my podcast live last night, Sarah Chafee, um, where she's a mental, a mental, uh, sports psychologist. Like I can't mental performance coach. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I joke with her. I've gotten to know her pretty well. I'm like, what the heck is a mental performance coach? I'm like, right. it's sports psychology, right? She's like, yes, but we like to not say sports psychology. So, um, okay. she came it was great college coach that's been coming on my clinics that I, I sent out a message to my group that goes, Hey, does anybody know any like people that can help us talk about the mental side of the game? Because yeah. we always want X's and O's. And right. Jeremy, you've probably done this a long time. And what's the biggest long, oldest saying? It's not about the Jimmy's and it's not yeah. about the X's and O's, it's yeah. about the Jimmy's and Joe's. Jimmy's Joe's yeah. So you've been there, I've been there, you're sitting in the Nike clinics. Yeah. Got your notepad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh crap! That's to a six foot eight kid off the back pick that I don't <laughs> have in my basketball program. Yeah. So I don't know about you. I mean, I coach. I coach at Patriot High School in Riverside, um, and my talent level is okay. Mm -hmm. But this is going to be my sixth year, and I'll have in six years. I'm a typical public school where. Maybe you get one kid a year going on to college. I've had two. Okay. So I'm not, yeah. I'm middle of the road, um, division three out here in California, which there's 12 divisions. So, okay. but each one has like two in each division. So, wow. um, and we don't do it by population. We do it by your merit and how well you've played over the years. And when oh, I got there, we were at division, we were at division four. So we've, built it so we've moved up the ladder i know most areas do it by population i yeah. kind of like how we do it because all you need is three kids two players to like transfer into your school and it can change yeah. the you could have a hundred kids at your school if you got five transfers in that are studs it, it don't matter that they could beat the three thousand population school and it, it doesn't matter how many kids are in your, in your school so we have a lot of schools out here that are private schools that may only have like 400 students, but they're playing. Okay. They're the playing. Level. Um, I don't know if you, you probably have heard of it because LeBron, um, Sierra Canyon, um, yeah, yep. are a real small school, but they play in the, in the open division out here in California against okay. likes of modern day that people have heard of. And yep. John Bosco, uh, yeah. Rancho Christian now with the Mobleys, um, I mean, and those schools, Rancho Christian is like 400 students or less. It's, it's, wow. it don't, it doesn't, the, the population thing's baloney. You don't, you don't need. Yeah. And I know a lot of schools do it. You're, you're. Yeah, you're we're enrollment based. Right? Yeah. Enrollment yeah. based. That we've changed yeah. over the last, I think it's about, I want to say like five years now that it's been okay. um, based upon um, a point system. Okay. And how is that? Does that recycle every year, or how often does you that? Take it every two right? years. So okay. every they look at how you've done the last two years. So, okay. so it's misleading to what I'm saying is is they start you off based upon your enrollment, okay. but then based upon how you've done, they'll either move you, you down or move you up. Yeah. Okay. So, so for us, we have 500 and something schools in our section. Wow. So for me, that would probably put, if I had to guess it, schools ranked like 230 to 300 in my division. Okay. So, so you got more people with, you're, you're playing against like opponents. Yeah, yeah. You know, some, some of the top parts of that may be teams that are smaller that have moved up from like division four to division three because they won state or won the section the year before. So they uh, get moved up. 
but gotcha. so I mean it's an honor if you get all the way if you're real small and you get all the way up to the open which mm -hmm. is the highest level that you can compete at in our so okay gotcha well we're we're talking here with the Basketpedia and we can go kind of any direction and and, and, <laughs> and learning from you but but I do want to tap into the idea of of your system or the system and you, you kind of made mention prior to, to us getting on air that you're you're kind of moving back to this and and had had done a lot with dribble drive and and we're gonna talk about that here probably towards the end too and and what kind of what you got going on with that but but would love to kind of learn maybe what has made you kind of shift with maybe with personnel or, or just kind of what what is appealing to it now and and you know who it could kind of be geared for uh the system is i mean it's when you hear the system, you think of Paul Westhead, mm -hmm. and then you got the other version, the Grinnell system, um, or people will refer to it as the Grinnell system, made popular by David, Dave Ar Arsenal. And I've never fully ran the system. Um, I've ran my version, hybrid it, if you will, sure. um, yeah. with the durable drive and, and subbing a lot of kids. Um, the last three years, I got, got away from it a little bit and played more traditional, played only about seven guys. Um, I'm not married to anything. I have an idea in my head now that I'm in year, geez, I think going to be like 23 coaching, um, where you kind of have your philosophy that this is how I like to teach the game. This is how I like to play. And now you just morph it. But the reason why I'm kind of moving to system basketball is um, had my, my dad passed away about uh, 11 months ago. And Sorry to hear that. he um, – he would always be in my ear at games going, well, why are you only playing X number of guys? Um, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And back in my heyday when I was running the dribble drive, um, I was playing about 11, 12 kids. And it was fun. Um, practice was fun, highly competitive. Went out. Uh, this is my third, third school I've been at as a varsity coach. And I went out with the idea of running dribble drive. Um, and doing the same things, but I didn't have the the kids or the numbers built up where my first year there on varsity there, I only had 10 kids. So for me to run it, I believed um, my version is um, you had to have about 11 guys to, that you would play because I would press on makes and misses. But the system is basically designed to Everybody normally teaches you want the highest quality shot. You take better shots than your opponent. And sure. in system basketball, you want to take more shots than your opponent and, and quality doesn't matter. So if that's the way you want to play, you have to ask yourself, how, you, how are you going to be able to do that? You got to, the whole premise is, is you're using a 12 second shot clock. You're trying to get shots in 12 seconds and you're trying to get them to shoot the ball in 12 seconds. So how do you do that? You sell out. You basically press on makes and misses is the system. And then depending on which version you use, if you're using the Grinnell system, which is the one I'm looking at using, um, and that is what I'm looking at doing and that, basically involves what a lot of people call shifts shifts and shifts are five in five out and that's the part that people go whoa what's <laughs> what's that and yeah pretty much you're playing new five of kids every minute and wow. for, um, for people that aren't sure what it is um, there's uh, the most popular teams that run it is obviously is is Grinnell on the men's side and then there's greenville who's who's really become popular over the last few years they're the only school they're the only team in the history of basketball to my knowledge that has scored 200 points in a game really um and that's coach george barber um i've had him on a lot of my system basketball stuff and then as well as the other system guys so basically it's hyper aggressive transition basketball where there's Grinnell uses a stack, like a running guys off of staggered screen and, and getting threes and shooting the ball really fast and then pressing make or miss. Um, 
and then basically the mantra is run, press, trap, sub, repeat. Mm -hmm. And for me, the reason why it's brought up my dad was um, last year, again, I only had 10 guys. And this was coming off of it after a year that we went to the quarterfinals um, and had the best record in school history, 23 and 8. Um, but I started noticing that the like, like JV players and stuff didn't want to come out for varsity because I'm not going to get a chance to play. Coach only plays yeah, seven. So if right. I'm not in the top seven, I'm not going to play. And I don't know about you, Jeremy, but in out there, are you starting to see more of a roster sizes getting smaller, like more like 10 like a travel yeah. ball type team as opposed to yeah. where it used to be like 12 to 15 was always yeah. the norm because yeah. with, I mean, now we got technology where we're, we're talking on zoom where we didn't, we wouldn't have known about this. We, we knew about FaceTime. We knew about yep. Skype. We didn't know about zoom, but right. um, there's other things that they get interested in. Yeah. And they don't want to just wear a Jersey. Right. The role of the practice player has really, really waned. Correct. So it's really hard to, to do that. And then I was having to bring up kids from JV to have practice with me and, and to do that because I had, I mean, I had a really good basketball player and I wasn't going to take him off the floor. Mm -hmm. I mean, the joke sometimes was, what do you, what is it? What can, why do you play on someone? Because he has to inbound it throw it to himself, bring it up, yeah. pass it to himself, set the screen yeah. to get open. But I mean, we had some pieces, I mean, but he by far was the best player on the floor and mm -hmm. I wasn't going to take him off the floor. I mean, and I have a bunch of kids now returning that are about five foot six to five foot 10, mm -hmm. but they can shoot. So my thought is, if I go back to what I've been doing and play five out, still play penetrate, kick, look to shoot the three, but get back in our matchup zone that we've been playing, and I have to play, and three of these five foot eight guys are in my top eight, mm -hmm. but there's no way I can play all three of them at the same time. Right. Because I'd be asking them, at least one of them, to be a rebounder. Yeah. And I think we're praying. If, if yeah. I'm the five foot eight guy, um, because the top team in my league has a six foot ten freshman that's going to be a oh, sophomore wow. here, so we're looking at that and we're second fiddle the last three years to them. We haven't been able to beat them, and I have to face mm -hmm. six foot ten the next three years with five foot six to five foot ten guys. Mm -hmm. So what are you? So my thought is, let's get up and down, shoot the three, yep. press, and try to make him not even a factor. Yep. And Makes use what the strengths are with my team. And then practices were a bear. Like my wife would go, oh, how's practice going? It was practice. Like I was, mm -hmm. I was frustrated. And so I started, I knew about the system. And people, the joke will be if any of these guys listen to it, like they always go, uh, you're going to do it? Because I've been interested in it since 2011. I've studied <laughs> it since 2011 because I, I called Gary Smith, who's known as the guru of system basketball defense and wrote the book, um, Coaching the System with Doug Porter. Um, and I said, I was running dribble drive at Baldwin Park and we averaged 73 points a game, most I've ever averaged. I'm like, man, I want to go faster. I want to go faster. Because one of my other nicknames is Mark D'Antoni. I don't play defense, so I just play offense. So, um, so, so now what's, what's going to be the rule? First team to hundred wins. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, that's the whole goal is, I mean, and what's the funnest part about basketball shooting it. So I started studying even more. I mean, you start off practice like this, Jeremy, these guys have music blaring mm -hmm. and they're walking in the gym. And the first thing they do, you do is you shoot a hundred threes. Yeah. And your practices are only like an hour, 15 minutes, hour 30. You're playing music doing your drills, you stop the music when you do the teaching component. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I think I'm, I'm 20 something years in and, I, and 
guys that are doing it aren't usually young. Mm -hmm. It's usually more secure to where they are in their positions or where they are in their coaching career. So a lot of D3 coaches that have been at the school in tenures sure. and stuff like that are running it. And it's designed to get participation. Um, Grinnell's, yeah. Grinnell's whole philosophy was not really to win basketball games. Sure. But I think it can help you win basketball games if your talent is not – it will work even well if your talent is great. Mm -hmm. But they were so far ahead of the game with the three versus the two and the analytics. Yeah. He did yeah. this 25 years ago, and now everybody's talking about it with Houston Rockets. Because if right. you looked at a box score, Jeremy, and you looked at how many three-point attempts that Houston takes in, a, in an NBA game and didn't look at the rest of the box score of the five system goals that you, that you, do, that you use, and if mm -hmm. you hit them, you win 96% of your games. So those are usually – I mean, to call, I'll, I'll do them for high school level. Um, so this is taking 20 so, – so college would be 100 shots. And you want half of those from three. Okay. And then offensive rebounding percentage is a little tweaked. Uh, most girls programs will say 40. And most guys will say you, you want to get 33 to like 35% of your missed shots, offensive rebound percentage. Mm -hmm. And then the next goals are um, turnovers forced. So you want somewhere like in the 20s, like 25 in a high school game. And then you want to have a plus minus of like 15 shots more than your opponent. So okay. if you hit all, so basically it's a process. So what you're talking about is putting kids in shifts, playing back and forth, and then you're sitting there going, okay, after the game and stuff like going, okay, for high school team, mine will be 80 shot attempts. So 20%, I'm taking the 20% rule because we only play 32 minutes in college. Sure. Four. Yeah. So 80 shots. 43s, 33% offensive rebounds. We want to, we're going to want to get 24, uh, four, 24 turnovers and be plus 15 on shot attempts. So if I do that, according to mm -hmm. studies, and what's wild about it is it was a students at Grinnell that came oh, up really? with the formula and gave it to Coach A. Is that right? Yeah, it was like a, a thesis or something, a project. Wow, and that that was the, kind of the inception of it, and and he he did this at a at a small D three school in Iowa, Grinnell College, mm -hmm. where they had been losing for eons and eons and eons, and now when they go into other schools, they call it the circus is coming to town, and <laughs> everybody wants to go get a ticket for that because they want to see yeah. a team score hundred points. I mean, yeah. So you're talking Grinnell, you're talking. Olivet Nazarene women, um, Greenville, uh, Pacific University up in Oregon runs their version, but it's less than 1% because it's so radical and people get, uh, it's outside the box. I, yeah. Parents are going to get on me for the five in, five out. Um, yeah. So you got to be, you, you got to be able to roll with the punches and have some, some thick skin. Yeah, for sure. So walk us through just um, a possession or two. Your ball, how much structure is there? Or is it just kind of – or is are there dribble drive principles? Think. More than you think. So you have like an organized – so basically you're teaching your kids how to play off situations, just like a normal situation. Made shot, missed shot, live ball turnover, referee handle. Mm -hmm. those, are all the, those are all the things that happen in a game. Yep. So the only time you're calling a play – is if the if the referee blows his whistle, okay. or it's a dead ball, yep. so out of bounds plays, off of free throws. Other than that, you you have an organized set like transition attack. The offensive system varies. Greenville runs like a five out transition into like uh, Rick Torbett read and react. Okay. Um, Doug Porter, um, who coached at Olivet and now is at Bethel was the first person to get away from the Grinnell version of the offense to run the Grinnell style. With this. When I say Grinnell style, that means the five in, five out subbing is kind of okay. how people think of that. Um, he runs, run two runs right side, three runs the left side, your post runs the opposite block and your five. 
runs it, or if you don't get a, a kick ahead three or a drive, flows it into dribble drive. Okay. And then you've got Pacific who runs it into like a into a side ball screen with okay. side action, flare screen, 45 cut, mm -hmm. pin down, whatever you want to do on the weak side. Gotcha. And, and then you got the Grinnell version where they they they've changed it a little bit over the last few years, but they usually would send they clear out the right side, send them off a triple screen. So it opens okay. up the floor for your point guard to just take it or throw it off. I call I call the Grinnell offense mover blocker on steroids. So if you can okay. think about you can think about there's blockers trying to get they have a preferred shooter method. The other methods are almost equal, not I don't want to say equal opportunity, but it's more drive and kick based. Gotcha. And, and Grinnell was really saying, okay, he's our preferred shooter. We're trying to get him a shot each time. Gotcha. So, and okay. then you got what people, the Paul Westhead version, which is just your, your basic numbered break. Uh, yeah. LMU, think Loyola Marymount, Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so, that's becoming, that's, by doing my clinics and stuff, that one's starting to become, a lot of people will do that break, but then flow okay. it if they don't get a shot into dribble drive. Gotcha. Yeah. So, the so then shot goes. Yeah. The, the, the main genesis is, is the press. So basically, okay. your pressing is this. You're trying to get attempt at one good steal. You're trying to get at least one trap and sell out. So you're the terminology that they use, and it took me a while to learn this, is deny the lags. So basically is you're denying every ball reversal. Okay. You're trying to make everything go towards your hoop. So you know how most people would press and yeah. they throw a ball reversal and they say, oh, backwards passes don't hurt us? Sure. They don't want you to throw backwards passes. They want you to advance up the floor. You shoot it so we can get it back or preferably get a steal. That makes a lot of sense. For, for that or for that defense that's, that makes a lot that's of how you get those five goals the big then and four to the glass okay here's a wild one for you you should have i should have three okay the other four people crash you get eight feet in the paint that shooter that shooter now comes to the top of the key and it so some people teach it some people don't teach it this way if they get an offensive rebound and they're not right there to put a put it back in they're looking for that guy again that top to of the key. Yeah. because uh, the I don't know the exact number the statistics is if you can get that same guy a shot again his shooting percentage just goes and I know Duke I know Duke um, has Krzyzewski has really said he likes to get kick out threes off offensive rebounds yeah we call them dagger threes they're dagger threes all right I yep. mean, I, I love, I love that idea. I mean, I think that idea of the shooter kind of migrating to the top is, is something a lot of offenses can adopt. I mean, so it's instead of, oh, I, I want them to shoot 50%. I want to do that. It, it's, it's, it's goal-based. So you go look at end of your game, go, okay, did we get our 80? Did we get our 40? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, did we get our steal number? Did we get our offensive rebound percentage? And what were we on the plus minus? Now, don't get me wrong. If you take 80 shots and you make 10, you're probably losing. Yeah, of course. I mean, they don't really even talk about I've I've asked that question. I'm like, well, is there a magic number of threes that you need to hit? They're like, no. But Enough to win the game. <laughs> make, you probably should make more than your opponents if you're emphasizing them. Yeah. I mean, yep. when does Houston lose? Right. When the three ball isn't, when the other team's comparable to their three ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll see it tonight, maybe. The Houston right. three ball versus power game of the Lakers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think, and you kind of alluded to it, one of the arguments is what happens if you do have an elite player? Is he is he playing in more of the shifts or, or would, or would the system not work as well at all? How oh, do you, you, you got to get by in there. I mean, what's wild with it is, uh, Grinnell had a player named Vinny Curta that was a D3 All-American. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the exact number, but I want to say he played 18 minutes, so that's less than half of a game, and averaged 24 points a game. Mm -hmm. 
So figure that out if you would, I mean, and then people have had people leave and then they play more minutes in their other style and they don't score as many points. With fewer production, yeah. Because um, someone was telling me, how do you teach kids about shifts? And I forgot who it was. And this is how they taught it. So if you lined up your team and you said, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do suicides or lines or whatever you refer to them as line touches. Um, and you said, okay, we're going to do three of them. And then you say, oh, we're going to do the fourth. How many kids will be able to do the fourth one at the same velocity that they did the first three. And that's mm -hmm. how you kind of start teaching them. Okay. Play as hard as you can for a minute. We're going to sub you out. And then you sub. Now, don't get me wrong. If you only, if you have 13 on your on your roster, probably your top 10 are going to get the lion's share of the minutes, and you're going to just filter in those three. The other ones, yeah. Um, being 32 minutes, it's not as long as a 40-minute game. So you could probably right. tweak it. And I'm going to say this. I would be willing to guess majority of high school teams are not system purists, which means – you're going five in, five out, five in, five out, five in, five right. out. You get to a certain point where you go, oh, he's pretty good. <laughs> um, we're down by 12. You look at the scoreboard. Um, I think I'm going to play him. In, I, I think <laughs> another you, know, you four go in, he <laughs> stays. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're probably going to make some. Yeah. So that's where the LMU, okay. um, Glenn Hicks, um, a coach I've done on my podcast has been running the LMU and Paul Westhead since 1988. And he believes for high school, that's the way you should go. Cause that allows you to keep your best two players on the floor. Um, okay. So, and we don't I mean you can, but you're not supposed to, right? You, we, we, yeah. we can't recruit to, right. to the system. So, I mean, for me, it's a way that I can put five foot eight kids on the court together and because, because the rebounding aspect isn't going to be, hopefully they're shooting it and it's more one-on-one -on -one transitional type rebounding instead of five, playing in five, playing five on five, the game, right. you're trying to, you're trying to not make the game five on five. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So what does a practice look like? That's, that's an interesting concept about go really, really hard, take a break, go really, really hard again. Is that embedded in practice? Yeah, your practices are shorter, so you do shorter, sh shorter bursts. So you need you, ideal number probably to have in a practice is eighteen guys is what I'm learning. And mm -hmm. what you do is you have a system team and a control team. So like if you're scrimmaging or whatever, so you have they call them like they you usually number your or letter letter your shifts like A and B. Okay. So if you take your top ten kids and you kind of balance it. You don't want to put all your studs on one team and then it's, it's probably your recipe for disaster. You probably want a ball handler, a playmaker, a shooter, yeah. a defensive utility guy, and then you take what mm -hmm. you have. But you're mm -hmm. trying to balance your, your squad. So you probably need a score on each unit. Mm -hmm. uh, so in practice, they, they've told me that you have themes. So like one day might be your transition day. So you're just focusing on one aspect of practice. So you're doing all your shooting, this, this, and you're teaching one thing and you're, and you're doing that. Then the next day comes and maybe it's your press day. And then another day comes and something like that. So they have themes. I mean, gotcha. what I've been told, it takes two weeks to put everything in. A week for your offense, a week for your defense. And it's mm -hmm. in. It's, it's simplistic. But for the people that think that you just sit there and you roll the ball out, you're very organized and detailed. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had – it involves your assistant coaches a heck of a lot more because you have a chart that says when the people are coming in. You chart okay. when they're playing. So group A, group B, group A, group B, and then you're putting the five names and you have like – the head coach probably is – observing watching the game so you got to mm -hmm. make an assistant in charge of sending the people to the table mm -hmm. and the typical norm is and this is going to sound wild to you is 
at 35 seconds or 40 seconds, you send them to the table. Okay. Because then when the horn blows, it's probably going to be like a minute, minute 15. Yeah. Now, you could yeah. get caught in those situations where the referee doesn't blow his whistle for two, two and a half minutes. So I've heard wild stories where they just throw the ball out of bounds, they'll foul, they'll call timeout. I don't know if I'm going to go that risky and that crazy. Wow. But, yeah. Um, I mean, a guy scored 138 points running. Yeah. And he was a five foot ten kid from Grinnell. Wow. And not only did he score, he's, he actually scored over 100 twice. <laughs> That's nice. And, he, and he's not holding up the white paper looking like Wilt. Yeah. <laughs> five foot ten. Jack yeah. Taylor. I mean, so, That's I mean, nice. and yeah. it's, it's, it's where you are, I think. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's radical. I mean, yeah. they, the biggest, funniest thing is, Jeremy, is if you ran flex, would you ever think that you would have to make a PowerPoint showing it to your AD and say, hey, this is the way I like to play? Right, right. They're telling us to do that. Like, yeah. you need to, like, go you to have your to buy in all the way around. You got to go, go to your admin and say, hey, this is what I'm looking at doing. I'm just making you aware. So like when the parent calls, da da da. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's, I think it's fun. I, I, it's made me more excited about it again. <laughs> studying it. I mean, done the, I mean, kind of named my little company after it and around it. Um, right. We're starting up a travel ball organization out here with my daughter, and we're going to call it System Basketball, and we'll probably even run it on the girls' okay. side, and because um, I have a coach that I met, Keith Mondillo, um, the D3 coach that ran it for the first time this year at Gwyn and Mercy. And they led D3 in scoring on the women's side. First okay. year ever running it. And he was a 25-year coaching veteran of, of we're going to screen, we're going to ball reversal it, we're going to take the best available shot. And he's yeah. totally converted his, his, his mentality. I mean, he wasn't even really up-tempo to begin with. He was... Wow. Pennsylvania traditional basketball. I mean, yeah. Um, so, me and him yeah. had some wild. So he 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 did it with his son's team. So okay. he got file with his son's travel ball team. So he like okay. tweaked it and got, and they were killing people. Yeah. And everybody believes if you coach girls that it works better because girls, you're not you don't see very many dunkers on the girls yeah. side. Well, so and just the, there's probably not as much depth. Rim, the ability to finish at the rim is less than unfortunately. Okay. That makes sense too. Yeah. So, and I, and I'm sure you probably have heard this question or have asked this question to people you talk to. Um, so when there's resistance, I'm guessing part of that resistance is, but do you win titles? Like, does it work in the postseason? That's the biggest, what, that's what the biggest response. Nobody's ever won it. No one's won mm -hmm. a title. Mm -hmm. um, but Typically, the answer usually is we probably wouldn't win it playing seven guys. Right. Where right. I've heard people like Greenville, okay? He has the same exact talent that he said, or not same exact, but he had talent, but he couldn't win conference. Mm -hmm. He's won his conference for the last five years and qualified for the Division Three tournament. Okay. Um, Olivet's been to the Elite Eight. Uh, Final Four in NIA. Um, Grinnell's won conference championships. I mean, mm -hmm. it it hasn't won. I mean, LMU, their version, depending on who you talk to, I mean, that was my era of going to high school and watching um, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball. Depending on who you say, they say if Hank Gathers wouldn't have passed away, unfortunately, that he they would have won it. Yeah. I mean, my famous game to watch is LMU versus Michigan when they beat the defending national champions, like 148 to 120. They just smashed them. Yeah. Watching Jeff Fryer running the right wing. Yeah. Going, Jeff Fryer, where else would he play? Right. Um, and he hits nine threes in an NCAA tournament game. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's yeah. – I've I, – I believe in it. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that make me hesitant. I'll be honest, the giving up the layup thing mm -hmm. uh, just kind of goes, whoo, blows my brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I mean, you can be conserv a little bit more conservative, but the thing is, is if you're being more conservative with it, are you going to be able to get the shot attempts mm -hmm. right for the formula? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, last question as we kind of wrap this part of it up, will you go JV freshman team, you know, that type of thing? Is that, is it, is it a wholesale mm -hmm. kind of system change with the feeder program? Um, some people believe you need to, I'm personally not yet. We're going to teach the transition in the press the concepts on the lower levels. But since a lot of times my JV and freshman coach coach solo by themselves, I don't know how they do a shift chart and coach a game. Like, right. Right. And, and, and do all that stuff. So they're going to know the stuff and all that stuff. And we're going to um, probably have JV and varsity practice together during the season so that they all know it in case I have injuries or whatever. Because um, mm -hmm. if you have 13 man roster and three kids or have the flu or whatever during yeah. the time. And have a virus. <laughs> who knows what, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what your guys' story is. We're not scheduled to be play till March. Oh, is that right? We got moved all the way to March, so. Oh, no, um, we're on a scheduled right now. Yeah, we're not here in California, so we're March 12th. Uh, for once, I'll get to play in March. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, I'm going to get my March Madness shirt on, so. Heck, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you uh, you were kind of talking about this shift and previously um, had done a lot of work with the dribble drive, and I know you have um, some different things going on with that. Tell us about, uh, you know, kind of where that's at for you. Um, well, you had them on your field for the game. Uh, me and Kurt yep. Gelsdorf um, uh, formed up, have partnered up. Um, we've gotten to know each other really well during COVID, um, doing Zoom things and doing some private Zooms, just had a commonality of the dribble drive. Um, I wrote a dribble drive ebook way back in 2012 and he did his championship productions video. And then through our zoom clinics, we were doing some, how to do some sets and do some things with small group guys. And we were always getting to love it, like it, but how do you implement it? I mean, Vance, Vance Wahlberg's the originator, the, uh, the guru knows more than anybody about it. I mean, he has his video out and most people say, do the, do the daily 45 drills, which pop the blood drills and all that stuff. Yeah. So we started talking, so we put together a six-week, 12-course 12, 12 session that we're starting kicking off on the 14th of September. Okay. Um, so we still have some spots available if anyone wants to. It's available to, I mean, I can get you the link and you can put it in the podcast description yep. or they can email me about it or, or whatever. But if we think we put together something really good, um, you don't have to be live in attendance to get the recordings, we're offering the recordings of the sessions. So if, if life happens and you've got something, you got uh, kids basketball in the evening, but it's gonna be Mondays and Thursdays, starting the 14th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's awesome. And I love how it's, uh, it's recorded. So coaches can sign up, but then they'll get access to the video later if they don't make it live. Yeah, and then, and then even if they miss it, don't even sign up, we'll have it available in an archive so people can purchase it as a set or individually based upon availability um, the room holds 100 people so um, we will open it as the course progresses um, to individual sessions because we believe that it's something for everybody i mean we have first one's implementation i think that's the key then we go practice planning and then we're going to get into the drills that you need to use um, and then DDM versus everything, basically. I mean, we, we hear, we always get that, well, what if they switch the top action? What if they're packing it? What if they're really pressuring you? What if they sit in a zone? What if they box in one or triangle in two my stud? Um, I started running in 2008. Kurt's been running since like 2012. So we've, we've done a lot of basketball with it, seen a lot with it. We don't claim to be the experts on it, but we think we can provide some value for, and then we're going to get in after that part of it, people, some advanced techniques, like the new buzzword, five out, how to incorporate, like if you got a skilled post and you don't want to just have them be that, that guy that goes block to block, because you can yeah. think, you can think the Giannis is and the dirts in the world for no one wanting yeah. the, um, down low, right? So people yeah. start looking at the Milwaukee Bucks five outs, the 
the driving space from Doug Novak, um, stuff like that. So, and, and getting into dribble handoff ball screen actions and, and then masking it because I think I grew up in the flex offense era. That's what I played in. And then I started my coaching career as that, mm -hmm. because that's what I knew. Everybody knows dribble drive now. Mm -hmm. They know the concept. So you go, oh, got to have some entries or some stuff to mask it before you get into the pen and kick. So we, we've, we've developed some, Kurt has a great flare screen stuff that you probably saw when he did it with you guys. Yep. Yep. Um, Kurt's just phenomenal. Um, yeah, he's a big one of the most brilliant minds that I've, I mean, yeah. I've run it longer than he has. And when, when he starts talking, my, my brain is like, <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's, 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 He's built a pretty big niche. I mean, he, he did the advanced dribble drive for um, uh, Championship Productions video. Um, yeah, we did one the other night. Um, me and him had a flow into dribble drive, had great attendance. It, it, I mean, it, it amazes me, the interest in dribble drive. I think it went away. Mm -hmm. And now it's made it starting to come back because of the five out and yep. uh, positionless. Exactly. Basketball word, the buzzword, right? Positionless, yeah. right? Small yeah. ball, um, whatever you want to. I mean, there's there's dribble drive. There's everybody's offsuit of it. Um, there's you can you can do whatever, but it's yeah. it's the concepts and just trying to teach people about it. And like it's what like so if you ran it, there's something for you. If you have it, and the biggest part of it, I think, is at the end. Our last two sessions are on player development. Um, okay because it's not the magic pill there's no there's no secret sauce get your kitchen right get the kids butts in the gym and yes. and teach them how to shoot the dang ball i mean yeah yeah um, we always say then, the best way to uh the best way to make teams lose. better to make i mean is, how many times how many times have you seen a dribble drive team where the coaches tell them get the rim get to the rim get to the rim get to the rim and then whether it's a male or a female they're getting in the rim and they're getting in the mm -hmm. paint and they're throwing up what i call <laughs> diarrhea shots um, at the rim with six arms around because yeah. their heads are down and yeah. they're not making reads. So yeah. I have, I have three man drills. I have some packages that I put together over the years that we do in the summer and the fall okay. to teach. I think the biggest part is the decision-making once they pick the ball up. Yeah. How do you go? And, and the blood drills are great. But you got to do more than just the blood drills, right? It, it, right. You, you got to live it and breathe it. It's not yeah. something where I go, oh, I think I'm just going to run a little drive and kick action. It, right. it, it has to be part of your thing. And me personally, yeah. a lot of people disagree with me. I think, I think you got to press with it. Okay. Um, yeah. That's. I mean, that's how his offense originated. If you ask right. Vant. You're right. Um, his press killed everybody in practice and these kids were forced to drive and kick. So yeah. that's the origination of his offense. Okay. Yep. And then I love how you, you commented before we went on that for the live audience, it's, it's going to be interactive and they can ask questions. Yeah. That's the huge part. Thanks. Thanks for that. That's the huge part. So if you're not, so you, you can get in on it and get the videos, but what you'll miss out on is if you don't attend that session is the, is the ability to go Q and a, I mean, it mm -hmm. will, it's going to be really hard for us to go back in the courses because we're, we're trying to keep it at about an hour and a half hour, hour of content and then 30 minutes for a Q and a. Um, so, so if you only, so if you went, went to one, went to session one, then you jumped to session six and you missed like the five before and you want to ask a question that we covered in session. Right. It's going to be where it's going to be tough for us to, to, to stay on course. So we'll, we'll balance that. We, I mean, I don't think anyone's really done this yet, Jeremy. Have you seen anyone really do like a course? No, or is not it like this. pre-recorded stuff that people are buying. Right. Right. No, I yeah. like this idea and, and just um, the, the fact that it's live and, and interactive and, and progressive. No, I think it's going to go really well. So as we, uh, we wrap up coach, we always like to leave with one final question and that is what are you, looking to add to your own co coaching bag, so to speak, or, or what is, is next in your own um, coaching development that you're looking to improve? Patience. Um, Interesting. Patience with me. Uh, I'm, I'm a highly energetic coach and I get frustrated easily. Like 
my level of and controlling the controllables. Um, I don't think anyone thinks the game of basketball more than me in my basketball program. And I, I and it frustrates me that they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm always in my head going, what am I doing wrong? Or how do I get them to do it? And, and everybody isn't going to be me. Their journey is going to be different. I want to enjoy coaching, enjoy teaching the game of basketball and impacting these young men's lives by that. And, and if they end up going on to play college basketball, great. But I want them to enjoy playing the game of basketball as much as I love. Like life, I've learned right now that how much I love like talking to other coaches, doing clinics. I, I've done my fair share of little ones myself and teaching it to people. And for why system basketball kind of has taken its genesis. Like mm-hmm. love to just do this for a living. Um, yeah, I'm not making the money to pay the bills right now. I'm making right. some side money. It's a good side gig trying to figure out, Hey, can I do this? And then still coach my team and not have right. to work, work the nine to five, but yeah. team, but for me, patience, like I want it now too. That's the part I want. I want to say, bye bye. I want, I want system basketball to take off. I want DDM A to Z take off, but I know I'm impacting people. Um, I, and I, and I've coached for 20 something years and my biggest fears of coaching, I've told my players, this is driving along the freeway and seeing a kid in an orange jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, feel that I failed them. If that's. Yeah. Coaches, thanks for tuning in to our conversation with Mark Hart. Be sure to check out all the resources we have over at feelforthegame.com. And until next time, impact somebody else.